New Black Nation, your political digest with a Black conservative twist. Hello, everyone. I'm Gregory Victorin. And I'm Brandon Wang. And today we have a very nice, interesting story for you guys today. And, you know, it is a little bit, you know, sensitive and we stay away from it intentionally, but, you know, uh, we just wanted to bring it out to you guys so we could discuss it in the open. It's a story about Brianna Teller. Um, so for those of you that don't know the whole story, it was a no knock a warrant that was given um, to the detective to go into her apartment and they break down the door. Um, and of course the boyfriend had a gun he fired, I believe, one of the officers got shot in the leg, and the officers opened fire. And unfortunately, um, all the shots, eight shots, hit um, Brianna, and she passed um, from um, the shooting of the um, no knocker warrant. Um, the problem a lot of people was having and the reason that it caused all those um, protesting because it had been a month after there was no investigation and there was no, um, the family didn't really know what was going on and um, the cops wasn't doing any investigation and nobody really got arrested for it. So that's when the riots started. Um, people started hitting the street. Um, some celebrities started to get involved in this situation. And, but you know, overall, um, today, I think, you know, um, some of the wounds, you know, could be healed because the, they came up with some situation, um, um, you know, um, not situation, they come up with um, some solution, I'm sorry, um, as far as the uh, case concerned. And I think, you know, the family was um, pleased. They still ask for justice. But um, now I'm going to bring it to you, um, Brendan, so you could let me know uh, what you've been hearing on Twitter and other um, people, what they have been saying um, as far as this story goes. Absolutely, Greg. And um, as you can expect, um, you know, looking at the liberal side on tweeting, um, they're kind of like in an outroar, you know, despite the fact that there was a settlement um, reached. But before I get to that, um, obviously, I, I want to talk about the specific comments, some of the specific comments that uh, we've seen on Twitter. Um, and the most, some of the most recent um, comments that we've seen so far, particularly by blue checkmark people on Twitter. Um, we have the uh, Bernice King, which is um, a big proponent there um, with the Breonna Taylor movement. Um, Blaine Alexander, Carrie Washington as well, even going in tweeting out um, information there. Um, so our first message comes from Bernice King and she, uh, her opinion, and this was five hours ago from Twitter, um, a wrongful death settlement is not justice. It is the very least Louisville could do in response to the gross negligence and disregard for life that its officers demonstrated in killing Brianna Taylor. I continue to pray for Brianna's family, who I know would rather have her. 
so very deep statement coming from Bernice King, um, as to be expected. Um, and we also go into Blaine Alexander, which is the reporter Blaine, as she goes by on Twitter and is also a blue check mark on Twitter. Um, she says now, and this is six hours ago, city of Louisville agrees to the following in hashtag Brianna Taylor settlement, 12 million to the family commanding officers must approve search warrants incentives for officers to live in city, improve relationships with community, social workers help with mental health calls. So it was just a standard kind of uh, talk about it. I'm um, just to report it out there for everyone. And then we have, of course, um, finally, uh, on, on my shout outs, Carrie Washington uh, ch chiming in, who's also a blue check. Um, and she tweeted five hours ago, a settlement was reached, but justice was not served. Arrest the officers who killed hashtag Brianna Taylor. So very short, sweet and to the point um, and absolutely expressing her you know, her point, her point in not so many words. Um, but I think this is the general consensus that we see here um, on the liberal side of the fence uh, as it relates to this debate. Um, I think everybody kind of understands it as well on the conservative side. Um, but obviously, we have conservatives pushing it more as, you know, they did receive a settlement you know, let's uh, let's let justice do its work. And I think that's uh, where we may find ourselves continuing on towards the end of this. Um, but before, you know, we get to that point and really kind of give our final thoughts on that, um, you know, I want to kind of bring us into the realm of the deal um, and talk a little more specifically about this deal. Um, so... One thing that I want to put out there is obviously, yes, we see there that there's a $12 million. It's a big number to a lot of people, millions of dollars. Um, but again, how do you equate that versus um, a human life, you know, and particularly a, a loved one, right? That's very close to you. Um, there's no way that you can possibly quantify, um, you know, what that kind of mistake means. Um, one thing that we have to find interesting and this also leads to why a lot of people um on the left are really ex uh, pissed off about this is that the agreement did not require the city to acknowledge wrongdoing so because of this this deal was brokered very quickly um typically deals like this would take like years in court to kind of like mitigate through um, the city won't comply. So because they settled, I'm sure the, the lawyer said, you know, if you want to get at least some kind of justice very easily, not justice or compensation um, easily, then it's best to probably settle. Um, but as a writer to that agreement, um, the city will not need to admit that or acknowledge that it, it, it had any wrongdoing. And this, like, is a very, very significant kind of situation, Greg. And I'll kind of kick that back to you before we go into the rest of the meat of the agreement. But looking at that, I mean, I can see why people are a little upset. Um, obviously, you have a scenario where this woman, there was obvious foul play, you know, 
Uh, the woman got into the way of it, but either way, she got shot eight times. Um, they had this, um, they got access in a kind of gray area or questionable way to get their no-knock uh, warrant, right, through the court systems and push that through. Um, so we know that there's some level of foul play going on in this case. Um, so for the family to settle on the city not needing to acknowledge wrongdoing is a pretty tough situation, I think, or a tough pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of people. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I have been following the story, right? Um, from the beginning, there have been a lot of communication between the family and the mayor and the governor of that uh, city, right? Her lawyers, the family lawyers, they, they have been working throughout the process. Um, the family, you know, although they wanted justice, I don't think they they had fully um, embraced part of the riot. Um, they wanted to keep her name alive. They wanted, you know, um, to have um, people express themselves, but they wanted to do it in a peaceful way. I think the family come together to an agreement um, to stop some of the pain because we hear, you know, we could be like, oh, you know, I feel bad for Brianna, I feel bad for Brianna. The only person that really feel the pain is the family. I don't care what anybody say. The only person that really feel the pain of a, uh, um, of losing a child is someone that lost a child already. The rest of us, we're just going along. Um, so I think the family, um, the lawyers, the, the mayors um, of that state, I think they did it responsibly. I think um, they work it out as quick um, as they could to come up to a solution that the family would agree to. And, you know, and I think um, I love what the mom said, you know, we could still keep her name alive, you know, in a um, safe way you know, without having to do or burning down or hurting other people. Um, I think the family did that um, to have a sense of peace. Yeah. And do we know anything about like the police officers at least being reprimanded in some way or fired in some way? Uh, or are they still on a long-term suspension? Like did anything happen? Not arrested, which is why everyone's protesting. Well, but another do we have any information on the officers themselves? I think one of the officers was fired um, already, but for the rest of them, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything happening to them. Um, number one, uh, a lot of people don't want to ask themselves this question: um, If the boyfriend did not fire, would the police officers have returned fire? There's, there's a case of self-defense in the officers' part. Also, um, they did have. A no, not a want to to go into that resident. Uh, but the first person that fired was the boyfriend. So the boyfriend and his defense, he claimed that they did not have uniform. He didn't know who they were. But the the police officers in the present, that's a defense for them because you fire at us. Uh, of course, we're gonna fire back because that's how it worked, you know, um, with the police department. So, um, and then the boyfriend also said that um, he didn't hear any announcement 
and they say they did um, um, announce that they were coming in, who they were, and stuff like that. So, um, one cop was um, um, fired, the other ones didn't leave. Um, after this whole investigation, they probably just gonna lose their job. I don't think anybody's gonna get arrested because the only crime that I see that they did is the fact that they lied to a judge to attend um, that warrant. And I think that's the biggest um, crime. Um, as far as everything else is um, arguable. I think the big uh, scenario here is that you have, you know, a lot of great area, particularly where it relates to the self-defense laws in Kentucky. Uh, and for example, like in Kentucky, the law specifically says that even if a person has valid self-defense justification, the protection doesn't extend to wanton behavior, essentially defined as knowing something is extremely dangerous and doing it anyway in a reckless manner. So if a jury, so for example, if a jury found the officer's conduct was wanton, right? So, and that would of course have to be proved to a, a jury. So wanton in the fact that it was very reckless. Um, di directly, and it directly caused the death of an innocent person, then that is murder in Kentucky law. The self-defense would not be a viable defense, Miller said. So that's the only area that where they can probably get some leeway on that. But otherwise they're gonna continuously ride the self-defense mark extremely hard so it's going to be up to the legal counsel of brianna taylor's family if they choose to do so it seems like they've already reached a settlement so i don't think they'll be going any further and investigating anything any further but if anybody brings up tries to you know brings up another case then you can argue in the sense of you know, and, and have some more, um, or if anybody can argue for an indictment, um, you know, but it's just like, um, the only thing is, is proving that uh, the officers did it in an aggressive way. And then they, they just wantonly did it as, as, as mentioned here in this article um, from the Guardian. So it's like, so I mean, it's a very technical situation as far as I'm concerned, and that makes it extremely well, difficult in our legal system really to kind of define and, and, and make sure that these officers. Yeah. I think, um, one thing is certain the mayor did say that, you know, um, if the evidence comes, uh, you know, if the rest of the officers have to be arrested, um, he will do, you know, what needs to be done. He will not sleep on it. Um, he will do the right thing. And, he, you know, as he say, as you guys see, we already suspend, uh, not suspend, fired one already, and you know uh, he's going to his thing. So he did assure the family that you know once the investigation is done, if there's reason you know for these officers to be arrested, if there's reason to push this further, you know he will take the right action, and you know this thing's not be public knowledge anyway. It's not like they will really hide anything. Um, but because uh, one of the family members, I believe. Um, accent to promise, you know, that will happen. And he did say, you know, the, um, the right thing will happen. Um, you know, if the evidence showed that those cops, they were on the wrong, um, they will get dealt with. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to yeah. be very tricky, though.
Um, very, well, very, very, very trickly. Um, well, one thing that they have, though, the Louisville police chief, actually, um, Robert Schroeder, actually said in the termination papers of the main officer that did do the shot of uh, the shooting, um, Brett Hank, uh, Hankinson. So he actually said in his termination paperwork, which I find very interesting, and this could play in, in, in the favor of a court case, um, that he specifically said here um, or, or specifically accused him by the Guardian. This is what the Guardian is saying. Uh, specifically accused him of wantonly, oh, that, that Hankinson violated department policy on the use of deadly force and accused him of wantonly and blindly firing 10 shots into Taylor's apartment without a clear line of sight. So this is like extremely significant well, towards this case um, because obviously that's something that they want to see. But again, that's one word, one person's word against another person. So it's kind of like he said, she said in this situation because you have the lawyer coming back and Hankinson's attorney immediately shooting back and saying um, this was a cowardly political act. Lighty noted that the preliminary investigation has not even concluded which officer's bullets went where yet. He declined to make any further comment yeah. to the Marshall Project. So that's really interesting. So we're getting in this back and forth battle about, you know, what's going on and we're still trying to get investigations for whose bullets hit what, you know, before they even uh, have something. And again, he's using these strong words here, using a cow saying it's a cowardly political act on the part of the police chief see, to fire. For him to say that, I think that's very dangerous because you put, um, you know, uh, political in it. Uh, number one, right? Every mayor, the first thing they're gonna do is defend the police department and defend their jobs. So it's easy for them to throw the officer under the bus, right? Um, it's just like the judge, um, um, situation right the mayor said well you know him putting his neck on the guy's neck is not part of our training yes it is because now when you look at the book it clearly shows it's part of the training so they always do that and i don't know why they do that because in the end of the day it was multiple shot that was fired in that apartment and if you have some evidence that the public doesn't have then act on it but don't just come out and say stuff because the investigation is not done yet. Like you said, there are several bullets that went in there. They're still trying to figure out what bullet went where. Let them do their process, you know, and be, you know, you could be safe. You could pretend to be safe without throwing someone under the bus without knowing the facts in front of you. And that's the problem that I'm having with it. You already know the incidents happen. Um, you know, and you know what occurred, but you hire the investigation to do their job. Let them do their job and let them give you back the report and then you could act on the report. But they're not doing that. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a very kind of charged situation, you know, and that's what makes these type of cases even more difficult because generally a traditional investigation really takes some time to really comb through um, and really, you know, be able to get all of the facts on the ground. And, you know, 
when you have certain things being rushed or certain things being covered up or, you know, certain things, you know, just all over the place, it makes it that much more difficult to kind of um, appropriately investigate a, a, a situation and, and make sure that every um, aspect is covered. Um, so I know like it, it, it takes a lot and, you know, people get very anxious because, you know, they want to see justice enacted very swiftly. Um, but I think sometimes what we have to realize is that the, it does take time to do investigations. It does take time to, um, you know, really make sure that you have all of the facts in place. You're trying to retrace your steps to a crime scene um, that you may not have been there for, or pretty much most likely have not been there for. Um, and you're trying to, you know, retrace those steps, really map out the crime zone and really make sure that we have everything settled and together. Um, so I think that's also something important to remember as well. Um, I think the city is trying to push things forward. Um, they're doing so with the settlement agreement that they gave for Brianna Taylor's family. Um, but definitely we know that more needs to be done for sure. Um, you know? And then, you know, but people are kind of going uh, really crazy just to kind of allude to like what's kind of going on in the, in the stream of Louisville. You have like four Louisville um Louisville activists who are going on a hunger strike and demanding that all all three officers are fired and stripped of their future pension benefits. Um, you know, asking that officers were, you know, fired or, 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 or stripped of future benefits, especially if we can see some error of foul plays and a big ask. Um, we have, um, but then you have people who are torn, you know, with, with what the desired outcome we really don't even know who, you know, what exactly people want to have happen. Do we want them to just be fired? Do we want them to really just um, be arrested as well and jailed for what the what, what we're considering here as a mistake for the, on the officer's part or nonchalantly using things against the right mechanism or procedure? Um you know, but indictment or not, you know, these people, they, I mean, the case could signal the deaf kneel in America for the no-knock um, raid, which I think is a really good thing. Um, if we can get to that area, then I think that would be really, really good. So far, I haven't seen that come out in this settlement they right now. That. Um, the city uh, yeah. removed that from their um, um, plan. They, 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 they removed the no-knock or warrant from their system. So um, they, the, they the no knock um, or want uh, things, um, they remove it from their um, uh, protocol. They will no longer use that um, system to allow officers to go into people's house. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, that's great. And then that's where we would get to like the actual, you know, more into the meat of the agreement itself. Um, you know, so it, it no, go yeah. ahead, finish. Mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Cause then I'm just going to get into the, the agreement and, and kind of going over what's in the agreement. And okay. One thing that you said, right. Um, people are still mm -hmm. confused. They don't know what they want. It's because they never really had an idea what to ask for to begin with. Right? Um, because if you look at the whole situation, I'm all for the cops to get arrested and lose their job if they broke the law. 
right? If they did something uh, that was against their policies, right? Um, according to what I know and what I have been looking up, um, you know, as horrible this may seem, these are things that happened a hundred times before and the cops get away with it because it's part of their protocol. Um, whenever you fire a bullet at a shot, uh, I mean, at a cop, they have every right to fire back. Um, as a matter of fact, it's the best defense that they have is this defense. So, you know, um, like I said um, in the um, George Floyd's um, death, it's the system that has to be looked at. And I think uh, Berean, uh, Bre um, Bre uh, what's her name? <laughs> Keep forgetting her name. <laughs> yeah, not her family did a wonderful job because they are the one that asked for these things to be changed. Part of the agreement had to come with those because they were important for the family as far as police reform. And I think it was brilliant in their part. Yeah. No, I think they handled themselves extremely well. And, you know, they went through the system. They were, you know, working through the case with their lawyer um, and really trying to make sure that, you know, they worked through something. Um, and what I can say from this is is definitely, um, you know, we there were some wins here. Um, the, the, obviously, the police department, um, as you mentioned, uh, removed no-knock warrants as kind of like a, a standard protocol for their their police department um so that's a really good thing um and then of course we start getting into more of the the, the media and 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 grit really of this of this kind of settlement or agreement um so obviously we all know about the monetary agreement we we talked about that a lot the 12 million dollars um whether that's enough or not is is obviously um up for everyone else and really up for you know the family at large um but we did um you know we mentioned there of course that they were not required to acknowledge wrongdoing here um just going through this uh this settlement here um the one thing to put into perspective is that this amount paid to the relatives in this particular case um was uh double the amount um, paid during the yeah. Eric Gardner case. This is the highest that yeah. ever been paid um, throughout the United right. States of America. Right, exactly. Um, it's definitely the highest amount that they've been paid. So definitely, um, that's one thing I guess to acknowledge. Even though, again, we're not equating death with with financial um, gain, because obviously there's no amount that would relate to someone's death. Um, one thing, um, so I'm just kind of like breezing through a little bit, the types of cases. So um, it's definitely a big monetary payment. That's what they keep wanting to emphasize here. The policing changes would require more oversight by top commanders and make mandatory safeguards that were common practice in the department, but were not followed the night of the March 13th raid. Um, they would also put in place an early warning system to flag officers who have been accused of excessive <laughs> force. So that's an interesting thing um, to add in that 
kind of rubric or place, you know, to say, okay, we're going to have a flag system to report other officers. The only problem with that is, is that we, you know, it, it, it's, it's not really going to stop a situation that's, that's happening. And, and then we also have to wonder if the officers are actually going to, you know, use the honor system correctly, because essentially you're just saying, let's give you the honor system and, you know, ensure that you guys are going to make sure to report anytime there was an extreme use of force, you know? So I think that's a little bit hollow. Um, when we're thinking about that, you know, and I just, just looking at it because it's like, I, I feel like if it was a third party that was doing this, that well, would make a lot more sense. It's up to the people to make sure that these things are implemented. Um, you know, um, they, you know, we see this before where they pass laws and they never really been implemented. They never been enforced. So it's up to the people to make sure that you know, those things, you know, you report what you see and you'll hold people accountable. Like, you know, if something happened, if a cop did something that was against the law that passed, you need to report it regardless if they're going to take action or not, just so you could have a, a record um, about it. So I think the people now, they need to do their part. Um, you know, if something happened, they just need to report it. And I, and I don't see big yeah. changes going to come after this once everything is settled. Um, you know, I'm not keeping my hope up for anything, um, you know, but I just, um, I think I just thought overall, um, you know, the thought process was uh, brilliant in this one. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a very tough case. In, in general, because, I mean, we have, you know, and as you alluded to, you know, there's going to be some scenario where, you know, the officers with were within their statutory rights to kind of, you know, do the shooting minus the person who may or may not be um, indicted on reckless, um, reckless shooting, you know, by, you know, doing all of those random shots into the apartment. Um but you know the 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 information will be released soon um from the attorney general the attorney attorney general's investigation is still you know in place but it is going to be released soon um but if no charges are brought um or if the char charges are like too minor um then the uh, the settlement uh, announced this week maybe the closest Miss Taylor's family comes to to the justice um, because they're not going to get anything else. Um, they're not going to get anything else if the charges come up as, well, they didn't violate any state statutes, so we're not going to prosecute. Um, you know, so we'll see what's, what's, what's happening here. I mean, the family is saying that this is a good first step. Um, the city obviously doesn't have um, the power to bring charges, um, so it still lays a rest in the hands of the attorney general of the state was a, of Kentucky. There was um, a young woman that mm -hmm. spoke. Um, she's the one that asked the mayor to make the promise. Uh, based, based on what she had said, um, you know, because I'm, I'm reading between the line, um, 
I don't think they they know. I mean, I don't think they hoping or they think that there's gonna be other arrests that will um, that's gonna be made. I think whatever happened right now, that that's just that. Um, you know, because the way I'm looking at it, if the other officers was even a slightly guilty, they would have been fired already. I don't think there's enough evidence for the other officers, um, you know, which is why, you know, they have not been uh, processed, uh, you know, because before the Fed comes and do the investigation, the department did their own investigation already. So, you know, I don't of think course. there's enough there for the other officers to be arrested on, uh, but you know, uh, we'll you know we'll see based on the investigation. But I don't think nothing else right here. Right, exactly. Um, you know, I agree with that hundred percent. And you know, it's it's I know it's a problem with the law. And if that's the case, then you know the law needs to be readjusted um, to suit you know, what people consider a mismanagement in that sense, you know, do you punish the onlookers, you know, who are there or witnessing what's going on? Um, would the officers have been able to stop them? And if the, if so, then should they also be arrested and charged? You know, these are the kind of things that we'd have to have a discussion about, you know, and uh, there would have to be a legal framework made for it because as of now in the state of Kentucky, there is not. Um, so if they want to really work on that, then they, I would say work on getting those reforms in the law, um, so that, that, that way, you know, the next time this happens, they can forgo something like this happening. Um, but also just to kind of continue on, on the agreement, um, among the changes are, are, are also a requirement that commanding officers review and give written approval for all search warrants. Um, a change that was instituted recently in Lexington, the second largest town in Kentucky. Um, and this is, of course, coming from New York Times. Um, and that has led to a dramatic drop in the riskiest raids, said Peter B. Kraska, a professor at EKU, um, who is an expert on police reform. Um, the department has also agreed to overhaul overhaul how simultaneous search warrants are conducted so likely a result of the manner in which the five warrants were obtained for Miss Taylor's residence and for others used as trap houses by her ex-boyfriend, um, Jamarcus Glover, a convicted drug dealer who had repeatedly made trips to her apartment in the, in the months before the raid. Um, so, you know, that's maybe something else that they're working on. They're trying to say, we're, well, we're going to address the way that people get warrants. And essentially saying we're going to make getting a warrant more difficult for these type of scenarios um, and require more information, I guess, before granting these warrants, um, which I think is a good thing. You know, they should have been doing that before. But I mean, if if something comes out of this where they're going to be more strict on this and ensure that these types of warrants are mitigated, then I think that's a great well, thing. Well, you know, the thing is, it was always supposed to be that way, right? Uh, somehow, some way, people get too comfortable uh, of, you know, writing those or one, you know, based on the officer's word only without evidence. 
in order, even for you to get a no knock or warrant, you still have to show evidence for that warrant. And there was no evidence showing. Uh, the best um, witnesses that they had was the post office. The post office sent a letter denying that they ever say there was suspicious um, packages that was going there. So, you know, that was a lie. So, you know, the, the, um, the, the department have some responsibility on this. It's not just the cops. The department have some responsibility and stuff because how is it that someone's getting on a warrant without any evidence? It, 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 was, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Something was bound to happen. Yeah, no, that's true, hundred percent. And you know, it's uh, you have to hold people accountable. You know, especially when you're in a justice system. You know, it the ball falls in your court to really ensure that every system is in place to ensure that justice is actually received. And you and I both know that far. You know, it is far too much that you know justice is not received. Um, and the justice system does not no, work does. for all of us. Um, so that's definitely something that that's in place. You know, I'm not saying that this has to be a specific racial thing. What I'm saying is, is that we have a general, um, flawed justice system that needs to oh, be yeah. readdressed. Um, we definitely have things that we need to work on. And I don't think anyone in this country will deny that. Um, but it's a matter of making the right um, the right reforms, you know, that makes sense and that will actually get some real um, change done. Question. Um, what does reform yeah. look like to you? If you will have to put it um, together. That's a really loaded question. Um, I can give a general consensus of what I feel, um, you know, justice reform looks like. Um, and generally speaking, um, I think right now we have a serious problem where our justice system, um, rewards the capturing of individuals for committing crimes. And that for me is a number one has to stop kind of thing. We should not have metrics you know, that are saying, you know, allowing an officer to get a promotion for more arrest or more tickets written or, you know, whatever the situation is, you know, because that's essentially just encouraging officers to go out there um, and, you know, make up things if they don't have enough. You know, in certain areas, there's very high crime. So perhaps there's it's something good in trying to attack the crime where you see it. But especially in these places that don't, that have a relatively low or medium-sized level of crime, um, it's really just encouraging officers, you know, to create, you know, crimes in a sense or really just mm. badger people, right, when yeah. they don't have to, when their promotion is directly linked to, you know, locking people up or giving people tickets. And I think something like that definitely has to go. You know, we have to encourage people to, um, we have to encourage 
um, officers to fight crime when they see crime um, and certainly investigate crime. If you see things that may be under the woodworks, like, you know, child trafficking and all kinds of different things, these things, you know, go over weeks or months or years. So we naturally, we need to still have those in place, but in terms of like, you know, kind of hounding people on a regular basis in, in an attempt to try to get pull a crime out of someone, you know, um, it just makes no sense. And that's something I would feel that definitely first and foremost has to I be agree. addressed. Um, we have to change I, I that agree culture. 100%. This attractment business with the police department is ridiculous. Hey, uh, and Elizabeth, mm -hmm. Every day, end of the month, you see them out there pulling people over, giving them ticket. Do you know what I got a ticket for? They gave me a ticket because I had a cellular phone holder. You know those um, holder that you put in your windshield to hold your cellular phone? They, I, they gave yeah. me a ticket for that. They say it's against the law. I say, really? You pull me over. I'm not speeding. I didn't run any full stop. I didn't take any red light. You pull me over because you're telling me this that I have in the windshield, which the store is selling, is against the law for me to have it on my windshield. But yet, you guys are selling it to people, you know. And um, and and Noah, what they're doing uh, in the black communities, they're leaving bikes around, they're leaving cars with the kids and and um, low neighborhoods around with the windows down so people could come in them and steal them. And, you know, we don't have to do this. We don't have to entrap people. We don't, you know, to me, reform looks like not only what you just say um, to stop um, the um, entrapment business going on and rewarding those cops for more tickets or whatever the case may be. I think you're 100% right. It, it adds um, to bad behavior. And in my sense, you know, it should not be to me. New York have a its own death penalty law. Los Angeles have their own death penalty. I believe if someone do a crime here in New Jersey, that crime, you know, let's say someone kills someone, that's a life sentence. I think everywhere should be a life sentence. You know, I think the system needs to be regulated throughout the country and make it equal for everyone. Because if I kill someone, you know, I get a life sentence and you kill someone, you get a death penalty. It's not, it's not justice. You understand? I feel like it needs to be addressed. And all these people that's in office and the local level, once they get the job, I think the first thing they should look at is, for, is, is the reform of the police department. The mayors, all of them should be looking at this thing the minute that they walk in, or even before they walk in, because they should be campaigning on what changes they're bringing. Yeah, 100%. And there needs to be a, 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 a good method on top of that of accountability, because right now we do know that the blue the blue wall does exist and you know police officers do eat, uh, protect other people yes. in their cohorts there needs to be a better system of accountability to ensure that you know officers are held to the same standard and held just as accountable as 
regular citizens that every day are held to account. So there needs to be some kind of community-based um, um, checks and balance system. You know, there needs to be like a council of community members who are observing the officers and really kind of acting as a third party um, to, you know, bring up concerns and, you know, uh, suggest reprimands for officers or, you know, correct uh, poor decision-making process um, on on the part of the of police officers so that both sides can feel, you know, there is accountability on both sides. The police are holding the members of the community responsible or accountable and the members of the community at that same token are also empowered to hold their officers who are charged with protecting them um, accountable. Um, and then even to segue with that one, you know, just as, you know, break off of, from, from that. And the last point of it, I would say for me, because it's like a three point structure for me. And that first one is stop incentivizing police to lock people up or arrest people. The second would be to, as I said, make things more accountable, have some action groups in your community, um, third party, um, you know, moderators who are going to hold police accountable. And then the third and final um, list of reform for me as it relates to our justice system is really just working on the laws, having a common sense discussion amongst all the people in the United States and all of the people who are in these respective states and cities and towns and counties and whatever you want to call it, you know, and really having a heart-to-heart discussion about what makes sense like what legally makes sense what do we really think will protect us you know is it no knock warrants is it not having you know um is it over policing is it incentivizing police or is it not you know and and i think now we're starting to have this conversation there's a lot of different ways this is being pulled you know very far left very far right somewhere in the middle um, but definitely we need to have a official common sense debate amongst the American people um, and really work on what you laws see, there was something that um, Mayor Giuliani did when he was in office. And, you know, um, I don't like Giuliani, but I applaud him for what he have done, although he put a lot of my homies in jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> but, but you know, you know, if they're doing the crime and they're doing the time, you know, you gotta give credit when credit due. You know, I may not like the punishment that comes with it, but I do right. acknowledge what we were doing. Most people don't not want to acknowledge what they do wrong, right? Um, one of the things that he did in New York, which I think was brilliant, the 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 captains of each precinct, they had to be out there in the street with the cops to um, make sure that the cops are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, I don't know if you ever drive in Manhattan, you see the ones with the white shirt on. Those are the captains. They had to be out there because they, they he had to hold them accountable for any bad behavior that comes from the cops. So I think that I thought that was brilliant that um, 
that New York did that. Um, I think um, Bloomberg, um, not Bloomberg, um, the Blasio stopped it for whatever reason. But I think um, it worked because the officers know that their boss is around, their boss is watching them. Their behavior was different. And the other thing too, you know, as far as police reform concerned, we also have to talk about the, the, the home reform. You understand? We, we also have that responsibility, you know, um, you know, nobody, I don't care if you're a cop or you're a citizen, nobody's going to allow themselves to be spit on or to be disrespected by the next person. You don't have to be a cop, you know, they just so happen to wear the uniform, but we need to teach our children, we need to teach people how to communicate with people without having to curse, screaming, speeding, or throwing stuff at people, just have communication, we could agree and disagree, but let's just teach our children to do the right thing. And if something should happen to them or they feel like they have been discriminated against, how to go to the right channel to file a report. Great. And yeah, no, I think those are all, you know, great things. And, you know, I think slowly but surely we're working on doing that, you know, slowly but surely we have, you know, different states adopting more rigorous um, forms of um, justice reform. Um, and I think that's a great thing. And it's a good thing to have this discussion because it's clearly something that's needed, um, despite popular opinion. Um not all conservatives are saying that, you know, that our justice system is completely fine. Um, I think it's more of a rarity to, to find um, conservatives that are saying our, our, our justice system is fine. I think what we're seeing a lot of on the conservative side is that we want to protect our justice system and we want to protect the people who work for our justice system because they put themselves in the line of fire every day um, and they are human beings and they do make mistakes. Um, no one is saying that they shouldn't be held accountable when they do something wrong. Um, but we need to, at the very least, appreciate what the justice system does for us um, and work collectively towards common well, sense reform. Me, a lot of them that's out there acting up, I would love for them to, you know, Google, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn back in 1990 to see what was going on then. They were, you know, people acting up, some of them are acting up just for the hell of acting up. But you think those rich people, you think they want a society with that um, police officers in it? I don't think so. I bet everything I own. <laughs> they, they, they love the police. They support the police. They're just doing this for publicity. That's basically it. Yep. 100%. I mean, because like we said in our previous one of our previous chats, um, you know, people get paid to push an agenda. People get paid to, you know, be anarchists, you know, people get paid to, you know, make everything doom and gloom because yeah. it's what sells, you know, and, and that's what I always tell people. You have to come into any kind of scenario debate or really bad issue understanding this okay. point first that there are always going to be people who are paid to be the exact opposite 
of what any given topic I agree. is. That's where they make their money. That's how they make a living for their families. You know, it's just a reality. And regardless of, no matter how sound or great something is, they will always, always sign with it. Because this is what so, paid to do. my last question to you, because, you know, this season we are about finding solution based on this case and everything that went down. Do you think uh, overall it was a fair um, solution that the family, um, you know, worked out? Um, or do you think, um, you know, I mean, there is more being done. Of course, you know, there's still the, the invest investigation is still going on. But do you think, um, you know, the changes that they asked about for the police department to make in their city, do you think that was fair? You, you think it was a good solution? Um, you know what? I would say that this is a, the settlement and the solution are two different things. Um, the settlement definitely makes segue and it, it instills much needed reforms. Um, for their local community and their local precinct and ju local justice system. Um, you know, is is the solution there? The solution is a lot more broader um, and it's a lot bigger than, um, than just this particular instance. You know, there's so much more that needs to happen. I think there is a sense, at least some sense of closure that there is at least something starting um, but for some people, we're always going to be left. It's, it's always going to be left as we always do with any argument. Some people are going to be feeling, you know, a lot more satisfied about what happened. Um, and there are going to be some people who are just not having it. Um, personally, on my side, I feel that, you know, I think this is great that they were able to make a settlement um, that shows a lot of character on the end of the family. And um, it shows that there is some agreements that can be made and it also shows that there's still much to be done with that being said do you want to close it up i think we opened the hour yeah we are um so definitely we are up on the hour and I, i'm completely fine closing it there i think you know that was if you have nothing else to no, say, I think, you know um, i think we just you know you know people you know there's a lot of emotion that's going on. And I just think that, you know, given our point of view and how we see it, um, you know, for other people, I think it's a good thing because, you know, it's a sad situation. We can't return time. And, uh, you know, the only thing that I could say for the family, you know, I will always keep them in my prayer, um, you know, but right now that's about all that, I could do as a person is just pray for the family strength. I can't do nothing else. So, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Um, yeah, fight for yeah. a brighter future, you know, to correct the situation going forward. Oh, perfect. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that was, uh, we, we made it work with this conversation and we were a little off on the f offensive uh, about talking about it, but, you know, I'm glad that we did 
uh, talk about it. And there were some great um, discussion points here and um, some great food for thought for our listeners. So I'd like to thank all of you for, as always, for tuning in to another episode of New Black Nation podcast. Um, as always, you can always reach us at our email contacts, um, gvictorin, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-N. Um, so gvictorin at mbnusa.com and bwang, W-A-N-G, at mbnusa.com. Um, and you can also find us on our social media accounts by looking in our names, George, uh, <laughs> George Greg Victorin, and Brandon Wang. Um, but thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Bye-bye now.